childhood trauma always shows up in oh. your marriage first of Absolutely. all and then like while you're raising your kids you're yes. like why am i yes. so triggered yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh many times i've just like broken down to my husband and just been like what, what am i doing yeah. i am not qualified to do this yeah i was not raised like this i don't know how to like yeah. it's just there's definitely times where i just feel this is just too overwhelming i'm not doing i can't I, am, I can't possibly do the right thing if the right thing was not done to me so i just don't know i don't know what to do mm -hmm. but um therapy has really helped me really um look into myself and realize the root of some of these issues totally. and yeah i'm just trying to work through them hey everyone welcome to the shaping africa podcast each week we highlight an inspiring person who is shaping Africa so you can learn how to use your own skills and uniqueness to make real impact on the continent. I'm your host, Rose Thiga. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Shaping Africa podcast. Today, I'm so excited to have Tebby Mary team on the show. Uh, Tebby is a self-proclaimed lover of life uh, and social media content creator. She focuses a lot on her parenting journey and that's what we'll talk about in today's episode. Um, in terms of her background, she went to Braeburn for primary and then Brayside and Aga Khan IB. Um, so hats off to you, Tebby. I'm sure that was not an easy journey. Uh, she's also a self-proclaimed homebody and loves to spend time with her family, um, in particular Ian and her daughter Sage, who is so cute. I, <laughs> I encourage you guys to find her on social media. So welcome so much, Tebby. Thank you. Yeah. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to yeah. have you. Yeah. Um, so I guess we can talk a, a little bit about how you grew up. Um, in contrast to how you're raising Sage, like yeah. every time I think about your gentle parenting style, I'm like, yeah. wow, I wonder how Tebby grew up. <laughs> um, that's a great question. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll talk about where I grew up first. Sure. So um, I was actually born in Eldoret. And then um, we moved a few times between like Naivasha, a couple of places. My dad was moving around a lot for work. And then we ended up in Mombasa for a few years. Um, those are like my very early um, schooling years. Um, I think I, I did my, like before year one up to just before year, I think I repeated year one actually. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I did year one in Mombasa and then I, when we moved to Nairobi, I did it again. Okay. Yeah. So, um, we moved to Nairobi in like 2001, I think. Mm. I remember I was joining year one, so it must have been 2001. Yeah. So, uh, moved to Nairobi and, um, the way I was brought up was very, very, I have very authoritative parents. Mm -hmm. um, they were very strict and um, heavy-handed. Okay. Um, and um, I remember being quite scared of them growing mm. up, um, especially my mom. I was very afraid of um, doing the wrong thing because she was very hard on us. She really wanted us to do the right thing and to be right. And I, you know, granted, I, I totally understand that you know you always want your children to do the right thing Correct. and to grow up the right way. And I'm sure even from for her, it was like learn from her parents. Like this is how you raise a child. This Absolutely. is what you do. This is how you teach them the right way. So she was just doing what she knew. Um, um, yeah. So I grew up being very much. Uh, <laughs> I had a very yeah. 
yeah, yeah I, I don't know how to explain, yeah, but I think I you know. get it. I think most I, of us kind of get it. Right. Yeah. I, and I think it's consistent in how many of us grew yes, up yes, where, absolutely. you know, kids were seen, but like your yes. perspective was not sought or anything yes. like that. Yes. You're viewed as an extension of your parents. Totally. Like you're just a part of me and I, I will make you how I I want. Totally. You know? <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And, and for me, I mean, I grew up with a single mom, right? So. Mm. When I was a little older, she's kind of started breaking that and involving yeah. me in decisions. And yes. I would like rush and share with my cousins and then yeah. be like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you nice. guys were talking about what? Yeah. <laughs> it was all new. Yeah, it was really new. Yeah. Um, okay. And so when you decided, I guess, to have a family yeah. and like what what has shaped the way you're raising Sage? Yeah. Um, I didn't decide to have a family. Okay. It was a surprise. It was yes. it happened upon me. Yes. <laughs> and um, yeah, when I found out, I was very excited mm -hmm. um, because I had so many ideas of what life would look like mm. with a child, and um, I was just really excited to do this new thing. You know, I'm, I'm very I love doing new things generally. So this is a whole new challenge to me, and I was just like, right, this is gonna be so cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, I've always loved children, and just like always loved my younger cousins and played with them so much and you know I always prefer the youngest person in the room which actually is very much like Sage right now if she she loves children like if she goes into a room mm -hmm. she looked at the smallest person it doesn't even have to be a child but whoever is smallest to her in her eyes she goes to them and like likes them and says hi um, so I've always been like that growing up okay. and so um, when I realized I was pregnant I was just like okay so so what's life going to look like I also really love to research so I immediately was just like googling everything mm -hmm. like there's I left no stones unturned I was just like I need to know I need to know I need to know like everything so by the time she was born I was already ready to wean her like I was ready I knew what I was going to do for eating like at that point when she was born so um i came across gentle parenting um from you know that research that i was doing okay. and it felt because i had always had conflict like in my heart about what the parenting that i thought was normal the right mm -hmm. way to parent so um i always thought like yeah so this is what i have to do because that's the right thing not because it felt right mm -hmm. to me. So um, when I started learning about gentle parenting, it felt I had a lot more peace about it. Right. And um, it just felt a lot more aligned to how I view people and how I view children. And it just, the more I read about it, I was just like, wow, this is, this feels so much more mm -hmm. good and mm -hmm. so much more natural. Mm -hmm. And I think it will benefit my child right. if, I, if I try to do this. Okay. Yeah. Maybe for the audience, you can break down like what exactly you mean by gentle parenting. Are there like certain pillars around yeah. it? Yeah, um, that's a great question because I don't remember any of my research about it. <laughs> it's just later on become uh, more about um, how would I like someone to treat me? Um, what do I feel is kindest in this moment? Mm -hmm. There's many like practices around it that um, help you kind of guide decisions that you make around maybe what your child does or um, you know different scenarios mm -hmm. there's different ways to deal with kind of how they act and um, most of the research I've done and like what I've read about is how to um, help them with emotions because it's a big right. thing emotions when they're really right. young right. and um, many people just say oh tantrums they're terrible tools mm. they're crying a lot they're doing this but when you think when you really think about it 
a child is going through a lot. For a child to be crying like that, there must be something that's like not met or, um, you know, they, 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 uh, they're upset about something. And for an adult, you wouldn't be like, ah, oh, shut up, stop crying. You know, you wouldn't do that to your husband True. or um, another adult. But to children, you say, oh, no, don't look at her. If you look at her, she'll cry more, you know? Which, when you really think about it, it's a really wild thing to do. Mm -hmm. Like, to me, it's like, I would never do that to my sister. So why should I do that to my child, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's just, to me, the kindest, the kindest response to whatever is happening to your child or whatever they're going through mm -hmm. um, and really trying to come down to their level mm -hmm. and um, and listen to them because yeah. they have something to say it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what age they are mm -hmm. um, there's always something you can learn from someone even when they're really really young mm -hmm. yeah so mm -hmm. that's that's kind of my take on gentle parenting. I'm sure yeah. there's like proper definitions for gentle parenting right. but that's kind of how I I live it yeah but actually one of the things you said was quite powerful was that like doing what feels right yeah in that moment yes, yeah yes. and is the, the kindest thing to do absolutely yeah. um so i i think that's a pretty big takeaway yeah <laughs> yeah in and of itself yeah um i think the other interesting thing that you do is yeah. like journal or like at least on your page yes uh curate yeah the feeding side of things yes <laughs> yeah that's probably has been my favorite part about yeah. sage growing up mm -hmm. i'm a foodie I love food so much. I love to cook. I've always loved to cook growing up and everything. So um, when it was time to eat, most of the information online is boil potatoes, blend them, serve to the baby. Just plain potatoes. Don't put anything else. Um, take um, uh, uh, pumpkin, blend, give to the baby. Um, and for some reason, I was just like, this doesn't feel, mm. it doesn't feel like it's tasty, honestly. Like, I don't know if I'll be able to give this to my child. So um, I once came across, um, I, I remembered actually when I was reading about that, that I once came across this, um, uh, this guy called The Body Coach on Instagram. He's um, uh, like a fitness coach dude mm -hmm. in the UK. Mm -hmm. And way before I was pregnant, way before anything, he had this picture he posted of his child of, of this book that he was using to wean his child okay and it was basically um veg first so they would he was doing veg first and then he was doing it baby led weaning but with purees as well so Got i was it. like that's such a cool way to introduce food to your child so his strategy was to present the child with a blended version of whatever it is as well as like a soft cooked you know uh, version of the same thing mm -hmm. yeah so um so the child was able to kind of taste a bit of the puree as well as you know chew on or like try and eat the um the food mm -hmm. and um from my reading i realized children naturally want to feed themselves they want to get involved and that's why it's always like they knock things off the table and immediately when you do that the parents like oh okay they're doing the wrong thing now let's take the puree away i'm going to be feeding them myself but in reality that's them learning that's them encountering the food, experiencing what's on their plate. Um, and it makes them, in the future, what I've learned and what's worked for my child, they've, she's, she's been very interested in food and has loved food more now that I allow her to just kind of explore and really, and it was really messy in the beginning, like really, really messy. Yes. I think anyone who's been, who was following me like ages ago <laughs> knows <laughs> the food used to go everywhere, everywhere. And it was just about allowing it and knowing that this is a bit of more information, the child doesn't actually need to eat between 6 and 12 months. They mm. don't actually need to take in 
any nutrition. It's just because they're still breastfeeding, breastfeeding full time. Yeah. Right. yeah, food so is for play at that age. Exactly, yeah. it's yeah. about learning about textures and and different tastes because all they know is breast milk from yeah. then. Yeah, mm -hmm. so just like learning, like how how does it feel to drink water from a cup? How does it feel to use a fork? Like you know, learning all these things and that prepares them from po for post one. So now when they are at one onwards, they do need the nutrition. And so now at that point, they've already had like enough exposure and they're like okay now i'm ready to <laughs> try new foods and eat them actually eat so totally. um yeah so my experience from one has now been actual eating yeah. and um i made this reel the other day um of her initially just like you know trying the spoon and it was like a progress reel for me um and it was just so incredible to see her finally take the pick up the fork fork her food and put it in her mouth and i was just like <sighs> that the the journey it doesn't look like that it's not that simple but right. if you give up in the beginning when they are still throwing food around you'll never see okay of course you will eventually but yeah. the satisfaction of finally seeing them use that fork the way it's supposed to be used mm -hmm. just yeah mm -hmm. unmatched <laughs> yeah yeah that's awesome yeah. um and i hear many people have been asking you for a cookbook with recipes yes yeah <laughs> Which is not my forte. Like I don't. It's not something that I ever wanted to do or anything. Yeah. But I do have really lovely recipes that Sage has loved growing right. up, and um, I would love to just share them somehow. Yeah, just, absolutely. I'd love to help other moms to just have, because it's 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 hard. It can get hard sometimes. Yeah. You know, you're just like, what the heck do I cook? Like, it's eight a.m. in the morning. They've already woken you up. You've already given them the banana that was there to give you to buy yourself time, exactly. and then you're just like. Okay, what now what? <laughs> yeah, so you sometimes you throw, a, throw together Cerelac. The other day, I saw I tried some Cerelac and I realized how sugary it is. And I was like, so many kids have this, like, <gasps> wild. Yeah, so it's it's always just, yeah, I think it's it's a good, it will be a good resource to have, just like healthy things you can throw together quickly for absolutely, your child. You know? yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and cheaply, and yeah, cheaply, that's yeah. key. Yes, yes, <laughs> it's a massive thing. Yeah, yeah. I know. Um, yeah, figuring out what, what the kids should eat is always like a mental load for moms you know Oof, yeah, yeah. <laughs> from morning you're just like okay so i know she's doing she's eating this for breakfast but lunch is dinner sorted okay 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 yeah is everything there yeah okay cool yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah. yeah i've been on this in my household like last year i think i was like entirely too busy and yeah, kind of just imagine. yeah let things fall by the wayside and yeah. when it was december holidays i was like you guys have been eating what yeah <laughs> I had to like back to the drawing board and you know menu yeah, yeah many yeah. girlfriend calls in between oh, what are you my. serving what are you serving <laughs> yeah. yeah so definitely you know think about the recipe yeah. book because it's it's always needed yeah yeah yeah, for sure. yeah. um so maybe let's go back a little bit yeah. um you know from kind of you described how you grew up yeah um and then you obviously attended the university of sheffield yes I did. how what how did you end up going there? Like, what was that <laughs> journey like? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I did IB. Okay. Um, I did IB for three years. It's usually two years, but I did it for three years because I repeated the first year because mm -hmm. it was so hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I failed my way through the first year. So I was, I just, I was like, I'm not going to continue and just like get a bad grade in the end. Let me just start again and, you know, um, you. fresh start and go to that which worked out really well for me mm -hmm. um just when i think about my life and how it that those that one year that i decided to repeat really changed my my path yeah okay. in what Be way um because i think the grade i would have gotten 
coming out of the two years from the beginning um, would not be as good as I got in the end. Um, I was just because I think there's like a, I think there's something cumulative about IB mm -hmm. through the first year and the second year mm -hmm. that if you don't um, if you do badly in the first year the second it kind of impacts the second year and impacts your final grade. So um, for me it was like yeah let's just scrap that start again and it it impacted the uni I went to I and see. so yeah so um, yeah so when I did my second the second time round it went really well I met lots of people who. Yeah, it, not only the, the, the repeating itself was mm. helpful, but even the people I met. Um, the year I went into at uni, uh, the people I met then, mm. and like the course I decided to do, the course I decided to do after now I repeated my second year. So yeah, it was really like formative for me, that repeating of the one year. Um, I decided to, my sister went to Manchester, University okay. of Manchester, and um, I just was like, I guess, I guess this is what we do in our family then, <laughs> and did my research and um, ended up at the University of Sheffield, and it's honestly, to me, the best uni city like in the UK. Mm -hmm. I don't know, I know people will come for me, but it is the best uni city in the UK. <laughs> it's like small enough to be like safe and com comforting, right. like homey, but it still has kind of all the major things you might need I in see. like a city. Mm -hmm. So I really loved it. Um, I really love my uni friends. It was a really nice um, time. I liked the course that I did. I did like a business and IT course. Okay. Um, so it was like it was it was mostly computer science modules with like I think I did one marketing module and one accounting module, um, which was good. It, it gave me a really good um, a deep understanding into what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And um, and yeah, so that's that's that was kind of my journey how I got through uni. Okay. Yeah. And when did you come back right after, or did you like work there for a little bit? I did not. I worked okay. through my um, degree. <laughs> I worked at one of the like um, cafes on campus that made sure. apps. Yeah. Which honestly, I really, really, really enjoyed. <laughs> I had such a good time. Yeah. I used to look forward to my shifts and be like, "Is anyone not um, going to work today? I can do a shift for someone." You know, like wow. <laughs> I would always offer to go and do shifts because I just enjoyed it so much. And um, it was just a fun break to, you know, the academics and, like, the totally. social life of uni. Yeah. It was just, like, an extra way. And I was making extra money, money. now. that Because mm. my dad was already giving me enough money to sustain. But I was like, this is just an extra way to... Something to add to my CV, Correct. even, you know. So by the time I finish uni, I have something on my CV. I have some extra money to do whatever I wanted, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I really, I really, really enjoyed that. Um, I'm sorry, I forgot what question. Yeah, so did you come back right away yes, after yes, graduation? I did, I did. Okay. I was, every, I actually wait, I was so eager to get back home. Like really? Every, yeah, every, I went home every year, firstly, because I was just like, I cannot, it's just too cold in the UK for me. Like, I just found it a really, really cold place. Um, and just made me uncomfortable. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a fan of the cold. Mm. So it was just like I just always wanted to be home, and I really just miss my family. And I just, I don't really like new places, honestly. Um, even when I was going to uni, I was like, will I really survive this? You know. Mm. And I, I don't like to travel. Like I'm just one of those people. You know. Yeah. I yeah. prefer to be like somewhere I know with in with languages that I know. Um, I was only once convinced enough to travel while I was at uni, but other than that, I was just kind of, I, I'd stay in Sheffield actually only. I think I went to London like one or two times. I, I really disliked London. It's just too much. It's, over, it's an overwhelming city, city like yeah. so many things happening all at once. 
So, um, yeah, I just, I always, since the beginning of uni, I was just really, I was focused on coming back home, ready to, yeah. you know, um, to leave uni, leave the UK. Okay. Yeah. So okay. I was just, yeah, really, really eager. Okay. So, so when you come home, yeah. do you start looking for jobs? How does that, yeah. 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 Um, I did my first internship at um, a large media company, which is where I met my husband. Gotcha. <laughs> so um, I went, I did an inter internship there for, how long was it? From September 2018 until around April. Okay, so fairly recent, huh? uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was my internship, okay. and then I moved on. I went, I, I, I worked a couple of jobs before I finally got to where I am now. Sure. Um, yeah, but it's been a really interesting journey. Whenever people look at my CV, they say you've done so, you've been to so many, you've done so many things, mm -hmm. and you just graduated the other day. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I think I think it's kind of how I am. I like to do new things. I don't want to try all sorts yeah. of things. And <laughs> and in the stage you're in in your career, I was the same. I was yeah, like hoping around, like maximum two two years. Exactly. You're also trying to figure yourself out exactly. career wise. What do I yeah. Actually want? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's what it's been. Okay. It was like in the beginning. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I'm finally finding, you know, my rhythm, my okay. step, um, and what I want to do. Mm. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited for, you know, the yeah, future. what the future holds. Yeah. And how would you say, like, your time in the UK kind of shaped your mindset, um, whether it be career or motherhood, yeah. obviously? Because I always say, like, you carry a little bit of the places that you've lived in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, very true. Um, when I was at uni, I was very involved with church and, um, I remember, like I told you, I really love kids and mm -hmm. I love, um, taking care of children. I used to serve on, um, the kids ministry and obviously, yeah, I was with lots of children every Sunday and, um, it was really nice to see a very different style of parenting overall mm -hmm. versus like Kenyan parenting mm, um, just the kind of respect they give the children um, the kind of space even I used to think about the kind of um, environment I used to be taken to Sunday school here um, was very crowded like nobody really cared how many children were in the room it was just so many children mm -hmm. everybody was climbing on over each other and I remember not liking it like mm -hmm. I was just like this is so uncomfortable but um, the kind of consideration um, there was for the children at the at church was just so beautiful. I was just mm -hmm. like, this is so nice. Like, I love, mm -hmm. I love treating children like this, you know, yeah. because it was kind of my, it was part of my role to right. treat them like this and right. to serve them juice and biscuits, you know, and just to, to wait and take care of them before their parents came to get them. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and it's, and there's a big difference in the way, um, for instance, a Kenyan child and if you put a Kenyan child and say an American child, I always say American because I find American children very self-aware and very like, um, like they're empowered to... Yeah, to advocate for themselves. Exactly. Mm. Um, I remember I had a, a boss who had this, um, who had two kids and um, she, had, she, there was this board game that they were explaining to me and I was just sitting there like, I love this. Like I visited their house for something and they were just explaining to me how the board game works. And I was like, wow, this, I, I feel like I'm being, you know, taught something by mm, a child. And yeah. it's just so, I love it. You know, I love yeah. that they, they feel confident enough. Like I can explain this game to you. And they were really little. So mm -hmm. it was just like so beautiful. Mm -hmm. I really loved that. Mm -hmm. So seeing that, um, 
was just so nice. Yeah, I, I, I met lots of families while I was there. Um, you know how churches are. It's like, you know, come home to our house for lunch of today. Of yeah. yeah. So I'd go home to their house and, you know, play with their children. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Of course, to, me, to them, I was also one of the children. Right. But to me, I was just like more children, <laughs> right, you know. Right, Yeah, so it was very, um, it's something that I really admire mm -hmm. about um, families abroad yeah. I guess yeah <laughs> um, I think they really empower their children to advocate for themselves mm. and to to believe in themselves to have confidence enough to say you know no I don't want that True. you know True. I, I actually prefer to drink XYZ True. you know and that's totally fine you know True. and I and I, I would love love that in my child mm. and I try to empower her and to to let her know that she it's okay for you to t say no to me you know it's okay for you to teach me something you know it's not always this way it can also come oh, from yeah. you to that me that is you know? so true yeah 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 that is so true yeah. you always have to leave the window to be taught you do <laughs> yes and it's extremely humbling yeah very <laughs> God, like, <telling> what to <laughs> do. <laughs> but it's it's how it's how that eventually becomes the kind of child that you absolutely know. Yeah. yeah no everything you're saying definitely resonates mm. um so what challenges do you foresee with kind of your approach versus um you know maybe like general society context people don't quite understand yeah. or are like what is Tebby doing yeah, yeah. <laughs> um whether it be within the family like your extended family of context course, yeah, yeah or even in in the education system to yeah, be fair yeah yeah what challenges do you foresee and how how do you think because I've, I've noticed you like to think not just tomorrow but like long yes, term yes yeah. yes <laughs> Yeah, that's that's true, and I have definitely thought about that. <laughs> but also, I've already encountered it. Mm. Like, um, obviously, we're around family a lot, and um, of course, they always encourage me. Like, why don't you pinch her? Why don't you tell mm. her? You know, don't bring the glass off the table. She's walking around with a glass. She's going to break that. And um, it's just about also knowing that that person maybe doesn't know what you know, and they're not the child's parent and they can advise anything they want it's mm -hmm. it's up to them mm -hmm. but um it's also up to you to communicate what you want to communicate in, a, in a respectful manner because they think they're right and at the end of the day you think you're right too so everybody has their own opinion mm -hmm. <laughs> so for me it's just about you know respectfully telling them actually i don't i don't pinch her and i don't want to mm -hmm. i don't think it's the right thing to do mm -hmm. i think there are better ways to teach her xyz if they're interested explain to them right. where it comes from right. why um you know i'm playing the long game i think it might take longer for her to learn what it is but i don't want to just pinch her to scare her so she'll be scared of the pinch rather than be scared of no rather than no you know if i move from here to there with this glass there's a chance that between here and there it can break you know so mm -hmm. just like her really using her brain rather than just think just being in fear mm -hmm. you know so um yeah, trying to explain to them in a way that they'd understand and um, and being understanding to them as well. True. Um, same thing with, because I've been very public about the way that I parent on social media. Mm -hmm. um, same thing with that, just explaining. I do, you do not know how many times I've explained about the foodie, the foodie, <laughs> the eating. <laughs> right, the baby left like, She's wasting food. She, oh, the food sure. is getting everywhere. Um, you know, sure. what, what are you doing, really? You know, is she getting full? You're going to send your baby to bed like that? You know, like, it's just... 
all yeah, these questions have, like that. Real capacity to self Exactly. Like yeah. she has a, it's her stomach. She knows when she's full. I'm not going to force her to eat something she doesn't want to eat. And for me, if you force the child, they they stop no like being able to listen to their bodies and totally. thinking I'm full. Totally. You know, they just think I need to finish this food because mom said I, I should or yeah. she'll spank me or mm. I won't get dessert, you know. So it's just about yeah, being ready to and I think for me it's like I believe that having a, a, a social media platform, you expose yourself to the kind of criticism you get. And I believe that it's something that you have to take on the chin. And, mm -hmm. and um, for me, it's about re repeating myself over and over and over to different people via DM. I don't mind that. Like, I asked for it and <laughs> I have to explain over and right. over and over again. And I right. don't, I don't, I honestly, I don't mind it. So, okay. yeah, I, I answer all the questions whenever I, I need. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like obviously like you're a young mom who's yes. documenting her journey yeah you know what advice would you give to other young moms yeah. um who feel like they want to try this new way that's like very different from how we were raised yeah, yeah. um and kind of incorporate you know the gentle parenting techniques that you've talked about yeah what advice would you give to them <sighs> wow um, I think firstly would be to really listen to your instincts and mm. to your heart because I, I believe that everybody has um, a lot of kindness in, in them even though sometimes we're hardened over time True. and you become someone who maybe you're not on the inside I think everybody has this kindness in them that they can tap into whenever mm. they want to and um, knowing that that's like the basis then my second thing would be to do your research your information is your power. Once you know something and um, you're doing something with intention, it's it's hard to it's it's hard to go wrong. Mm -hmm. Like um, if you know what you're doing and you've and you're listening to your heart, I think those two are like a very powerful combo. You can you can manage anything on this earth. So just like making sure you've done the research. Your your child deserves that. Like deserves you doing the research. You you brought them into this world. They didn't ask to be this here. This is true. Do the work, do the research and don't just rely on, you know, what you've always heard about and and the easy way out. Mm -hmm. Like parenting gently is not the easy way out. It's actually very hard. It requires a lot of repetition, a lot of mm -hmm. um, calming yourself down. Yeah. yeah, it's sometimes you get riled up and you're like what I what I want to do is to shout at you but you're going to have to stop yourself and um and over time realize why do i want to shout you know go to therapy it's worth the cost you know your child deserves that you know to me it's like do all the work you need to do because your mm. child did ask to be here you know so you you need to be your best for them True. they don't need to become do their best for you because they're their children yeah. yeah you brought up a really interesting point about going to therapy because i always <laughs> yeah. say like um, like your childhood trauma always shows up in oh. your marriage, first of Absolutely. all. And then like while you're raising your kids, you're yes. like, why am I yes. so triggered? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, many times I've just like broken down to my husband and just been like, what, what am I doing? Yeah. I'm not qualified to do this. Yeah, I was not raised like this. I don't know how to, like yeah. it's just... There's definitely times where I just feel this is just too overwhelming. I'm not doing. I can't. I, I can't possibly do the right thing if the right thing was not done to me. So, I just don't know. I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. But um, therapy has really helped me really um, look into myself and realize the root of some of these issues. Totally. And yeah, I'm just trying to work through them. 
Yeah, I commend you for that. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. doing doing that in our work is not easy. It's not. It's yeah. not. It's very very messy. And I, I I saw a post this week on social where it was like you do a certain level of work and then you're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be good yeah, after this, I'm and good. it's like no, <laughs> Even you keep therapy. uncovering things <laughs> yeah, and like, yeah, you have yeah. to keep going. Always, yeah, always yeah, new, new levels. Yeah, 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 yeah. You you never know. You don't know how deep it is until yes. you start you know, really unpacking the kind of, oof, yeah, it's, it's, it's messy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. Um, and what advice would you give to folks who are, like, studying in the UK like yeah. you did um, and are thinking about transitioning home now that you're wiser, you're four <laughs> years wiser, you're into the I journey? Am, I am, Yeah. Um, I actually I had a live with a random live with my sister the other day, uh -huh. and um, we actually touched on interesting. Many, my, my actually, my, my younger sister was asking what the so the questions. I'm just like, um, how? What was your favorite thing about uni? What is your mm. least favorite thing about uni? What would you advise somebody mm -hmm. who's still at uni? Mm -hmm. um, I think regarding maybe your degree, I said it before. I'll say it again. Degree is a harambe work with your classmates they're not your enemies mm, they are your profound. teammates yeah. yeah so work with them because it it will change it will change your um academics for sure um that's for academics for school life try everything just like do as much there's so much offer that uni try and do as much as you can do that mm -hmm. you can handle because mm -hmm. there's just i didn't do as much as i wish i did and i regret it i'm just like ah I, did, I didn't join the hockey team because I was cold. I was just like, I'm not going to wear shorts in this weather. I'm just not. <laughs> and the reality is, like, I would have gone warm on the pitch, you know? It was just, it was such As a silly playing. reason. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I really wish I joined the hockey team. Like, I wish I took on all those opportunities that there mm. was. There were so many opportunities to travel more and just, like, even join groups that, like, of, like, interesting things, like anime and stuff like that. I didn't join them because I was just, like, shy i was like oh maybe everyone else knows more anime than oh, me sure. you know the whole point is to literally yeah. yeah so it's yeah for me it's just like do everything that you think you might do like things, yeah, yeah just like give everything a go mm. yeah um about transitioning back um i would say if you can look for a way to stay a little bit longer do okay. take take a, a small job my sister did one year as a she did a one year in industry. I see. That's one thing I wish I did when I was at uni. She okay. Did, usually in the UK you can do, there's like, you can do like your normal course and then there's also your course but with a year in industry. So you do first year, second year and then one year in industry and then your final year. Interesting. So that's what my little sister did, with her, okay. which I think is a really, really good idea. It, right. gives, you, it gives you a new perspective of what work totally. looks like abroad yeah. and um, just opens your mind to what's possible because mm -hmm. I know many workplaces in Kenya are um, bleep. Mm -hmm. So... Um, I definitely recommend um, trying mm -hmm. trying to work abroad. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Even if it's just that's super time. neat. I didn't know they had that. Like, yeah, it's yeah, baked into the degree. exactly. It's really really cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. know why I didn't. Okay. <laughs> so um, I I really think your parenting style is is super neat. And if we think about it, obviously Africa is a big place. Yeah. Um, but I, I love that you're choosing to share your story on your platform. Yeah. Um. And sometimes I'm like, okay, just think more local and then we can like Kenya, East Africa, Sub-Saharan yeah. Africa. <laughs> yeah. But if, if, um, if you are to kind of play it forward and think yeah. about how gentle parenting um, has the potential to shape the continent, yeah. you know, how, how do you see that style of parenting um, shifting the kind of 
human capital we yeah. have, or you know that the people that are like moving around yeah. <laughs> the continent. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's your perspective on that? Um, I like to think of it in like in two ways. Mm -hmm. I think about it um, horizontally. So okay. like parents like me, um, by sharing what Why? I do, I do it. I think that it really does have an impact on how other parents are thinking about mm. doing what they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, I always remember there was this um, conversation I had with a parent on Instagram. I'm not even sure if it was a man or a woman, but somebody DM'd me and was just like, um, I really admire how like you're not, I think it was a video of her like climbing something and I was just like staying nearby, but just allowing her to climb what she was climbing. And um, he was, I, I think it was a man. I don't know why I think it was a man, but I think it was a man. Mm -hmm. And he was just like, um, you know, I really admire that because for me, my, my son, when he climbs the window and he takes the remote and throws it and he keeps throwing it and he keeps doing it again and again and again, I get really upset mm -hmm. and I, I spank him or I pinch him and he gets, he cries a lot and I feel bad, but I, I need him to stop throwing the remote off the, um, from the window. And, um, and so I talked him through it and um, we talked about, I, I tried to suggest to him things he could do, like try and suggest different things or why the child might be doing that. Is he interested in how things fall? Um, is he interested in, you know, the throwing part, you know, right. and like, how can you direct his interest? Because mm -hmm. he's clearly interested in throwing things or like maybe he's interested in the sound that the remote makes when it hits the floor, you know, there's so many reasons why he could be throwing that remote. Of course, he doesn't know the remote is expensive and it will need to be replaced if it breaks, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and, and again, it's your fault. If the remote is within his reach, it's your fault, you know, as the parent. Because if you don't want something to be broken, keep it out of your child's reach. True. End of story, yeah. True. And for me, it's about creating a yes space. Is there anything here that's a no? Mm. Take it out of the way. Okay. Bring it somewhere that the child can't reach. Anything that's in their reach, they're allowed to touch, you know. <laughs> they're allowed to throw, they're allowed, they allowed to do whatever they do. So um, to me, it's, it's about teaching or talking to my fellow parents and that can influence the way that they um, parent and in, in, um, eventually change how they are mm -hmm. as people. Even I believe that gentle parenting makes you a more em empathetic person because True. you also see how other people feel and act because sometimes we assume things about others um, and maybe it translates to the way we um, treat our children so it goes kind of both ways so um, if we treat our children with more empathy maybe even you treat your peers with more empathy your colleagues and other people and um, I think that really changes the way we act towards each other and mm -hmm. I think it can really change our societies mm -hmm. the second way is with your child um, showing them kindness and making them considerate about other people is um, will make them more considerate as you know as older people as, as later there'll be people in the workforce and um, the people who change Kenya. Today I walked here. Waiakwe is not pedestrian friendly no, at, at all. all. Like mm. it's, it's actually a death trap. Like you can get mm. hit at any moment. Mm -hmm. There's nowhere to walk. And that's just people who don't care about others. Most of Kenya walks. Very, like a small percentage of Kenya drive cars, um, can I afford public you. transport, yeah. ETC. I know. I just saw the new side door from Shinsukishu and I was so happy. Exactly. Yeah. See, that's, that's something so small and yeah. that should be, should be a part of our infrastructure. Totally. Because most of us walk. Um, but it's just somebody who doesn't care. Mm. You just don't care enough to make, an ex like, to make space 
people or the majority of the population, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. people who ride bikes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but you've only thought mm -hmm. about yourself. True. You're not thinking about what the next person, what they'll do, True. you know. Um, yeah, so creating, like uh, helping build that empathy from when they're small, um, knowing that, you know, everybody matters. It doesn't matter how small they are, how big they are, mm -hmm. um, what they know, what they don't know. Um, really making them understand that um, everybody's voice is important. Your voice is important from all ages. Like, whatever you say is important. Um, helping them know that and helping them pass that on to other people, mm -hmm. I think we'll, we'll avoid such such things in the yeah. future for us. Yeah. yeah. So I think yeah. the other thing, because I, I spent 13 years in the U.S. Yeah. and, like, kind of going from Kenya, which, you know, you have to be very quiet and yes. not seen. And then yes. in the U.S., it's like... Unless you contribute, you yeah, actually you don't get a participation grade. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I've often thought about, like, how, for me, that, re even in the workplace, like, I yes. remember when I first moved back. Yeah. And I was, like, talking to my team. And I'm like, so what do you guys think? And it was, like, blank stares. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay, <laughs> now let's unlearn. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like just having people who are not shy to contribute. Exactly, yeah. Um, and, yeah, creating spaces where, like, people can actually give different perspectives, maybe yeah. even disagree. Exactly. But, you your know, voice is heard yeah, but your voice is heard. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's so critical because I, I just have trouble with... Um, I don't think any good comes out of places where there's not enough push and pull. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah, I totally agree with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think that's also another benefit of like instilling that level of confidence and yes. allowing your kids to vocalize what yes. they're thinking. Yeah. Because um, I think that just carries them through life, as yes. you were saying, even in uni, like yes. working together with your yes. classmates as teammates. Absolutely. Um, and even in the workforce. So. Yeah. Kudos to you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, and then I guess in closing, yeah. um, I want to ask a, a really interesting question and you can take some time to think. Uh, so, so my hope for Africa in mm -hmm. terms of gentle parenting is blank. Like, ah, okay. Hmm. Mm, I bought something. Okay. So my hope for gentle parenting for Africa is probably that it would be it would be more natural. It would come more naturally mm, to people. Wow. Yeah, that it would be so common that it's just like the other style of parenting would be like, oh, you're doing that. Right. Yeah, that it would be surprising oh, that people wow. are not parenting that's gently. Deep. gently. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, where can people go to keep in touch with you, follow you? Um, be with you on the journey. Yeah, yeah. I'm currently active on my Instagram, which okay. is tebby underscore maritime. Okay. And um, I also tweet a lot, so okay. I think it's tebby underscore maritime on there as well, but it could also just be tebby maritime. Okay. Yeah, so All right. those are my two um, active awesome. social media. Yeah, thank you so much for taking time to <laughs> be you. with us thank on the so podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I really enjoyed our conversation. Me too. And I wish you all the best. Thank you. Yeah, we'll be following you, Ian <laughs> <Yay>. and Sage, <laughs> My little for more content. And we're waiting for the recipe book. <laughs> I've got you. All right. I'm working on it. All right. Awesome. Awesome. All the best, Tebby. Thank you. Okay, cool. I hope you enjoyed the episode with Tebby. I certainly learned a lot about my own parenting style and how I could be a better parent. 
So I hope you also have some key takeaways on the same. Um, next week, we are joined by Peter Nguni. Peter is the founder of Early Bird Ventures, which is a venture fund that invests in early stage startups on the African continent. You don't want to miss his journey um, in venture capital um, from the US back to Kenya.